Welcome to the first episode of the Been There Lost Fat podcast. Real education and advice from people who get it. We've been there, we've lost fat, and we've successfully helped many others in doing so as well. I am Sarah Fuchnari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition coach, and head coach over here at Team Fit With Me. Here with my assistant coaches and certified nutritionists, Jess Floyd. Hi. <laughs> and Taylor Nobles. Hello. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys all for coming to our first podcast and, and for you two for being my accomplices here. Um, I feel like this has been a long time coming. Um, we are here to help you guys weed through all of the bad information and all of the bullshit gimmicks and get off that diet merry-go-round of death so we can reach your health and fitness goals in a sustainable way once and for all. I have to, uh, probably say by thanking everybody in advance for bearing with us. This is our first time recording a podcast. So we're figuring out how to use our equipment. We're shaking out some nerves as well. Um, so, you know, hopefully in a couple months, it'll, it'll sound a little bit more uh, professional. Is that the word I'm looking <laughs> put for? Together. Um, put together, put together, yeah. but you can still expect lots of fucks and shits coming out of my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Um, so to kick off this first episode, I think that we should just start by kind of giving a little background on ourselves and talk about kind of our experience in coaching and on our own health journeys. Um, so I'll start with Jess. I'll kind of pass the mic around here. Um, Jess, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about you and what you're all about and where you are mm -hmm. and how fucking old you are too. <laughs> uh, no snow where I'm at right now. It's about an hour north, so we're, we're okay with the cold right now. Um, but, uh, speaking of the diet merry-go-round, I've definitely been on it for probably the last two and a half decades or more. Um, ultimately I got really fed up. I was about 322 pounds and went under the knife, um, and had my first weight loss surgery in 2014. Um, thought that was going to be the answer to all of my prayers and um my my fitness journey and that was going to be the the thing to to answer everything um and it wasn't it created more problems um i ended up having some severe complications with my first surgery and had to have a revision surgery in 2016 um and that really pissed me off um that i had to go through a whole other surgery um i i get asked about it a lot um, and how much did they get to bill insurance for both of those? Uh, I think it was about 60,000 for the first. Yeah. And then it was, I think it was like 80,000 for the second, because it was a little bit more of a intensive surgery. But I will say the one cool thing that came out of having the second revision surgery was that I had the same surgeon for both surgeries and they were, you know, just a little over a little over two years apart. Um, and he came in after the second surgery and he goes, so I don't get to say this to very many people, but you're skinny on the inside. Now, all of the fat that was around <laughs> your organs, the first surgery, it's gone. So the work that I had done after my sleeve surgery, and, and I had lost like, I think 80 some pounds at that point, um, he could see the difference internally. And so, you know, not many people get to know that, you know, without doing like body scans and whatnot, you know, like what they look like on the inside, as far as like fat around their organs. So that was kind of a cool, so I'm, I'm forever keeping that little badge of honor that I am skinny on the inside now. Um, and then he took that compliment and used it to book, uh, what a two week trip to Europe first class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Um, revision was much tougher. The ruin why, um, much tougher 
um, getting back to like normal eating. Um, I don't think I could eat like meat for like six months afterwards. Um, I had, I was vomiting all the time. The food just wasn't sitting well. I mean, I, I had already gotten rid of 80% of my stomach with the first surgery and then they made a pouch from that one. So um, took me a while to get on some normal nutrition there. Um, didn't lose a ton of weight after that. Um, and then, um, got pregnant when I got to my lowest weight. Um, because when you're looking your best, I guess that's, that's when it's time to start having kids. Um, so I had my, uh, had my first son in 2018, went through the whole breastfeeding thing for like two years. And then, um, 2020 hit and I was ready to start, um, you know, getting back to my bariatric basics and losing weight again. Um, and I kept gaining weight. I was trying to eat as little as possible. I tried keto. I tried, you know, all sorts of gimmicky things, um, doing lots of premiere. And she slid into my DMs. (laughs) And then I slid into Sarah's DMs about a snake. Actually, it had nothing to do with fitness. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my porch snake. We'll have to talk about that another time. Yeah, another another time. Slid into the DMs, started to kind of feel the waters with, you know, what what she could offer I thought I I thought I knew it all I thought you know there wasn't anything that she could teach me and I was wrong um started doing things her way started seeing some success um and it got me really interested in what she was teaching me and so I proceeded to get my own um certifications and started working with some clients and going under Sarah's wing and mentoring with her and learning about coaching. Um, and here we are almost three years later, um, mm-hmm. still enjoying, you know, building this out and trying to, you know, make this the best, the best services that we can offer to our clients and, and continuing to learn and, and all of that. So that's, that's the, the cliff notes version. Oh, there was another baby in there too. So <laughs> I think it's crazy to think that you and I just started like loosely chatting a couple years ago and that we've like built this into such a machine and it's so cool. Um, and if, and, and that we only met what a month ago for the first time in two, real life, two weeks, two weeks ago. <laughs> and so I started by, by just messaging Jess forever, every single day for the past, what, three years or something. Then we finally met where alternatively, um, I was meeting Taylor in person before she became a part of the team. So Taylor, I'll let you have the floor now and give a little background on your story and a little temperature check from where you are too, because all three of us are always in different locations. So currently I'm visiting um, Rockwall, Texas, and it's 40 degrees today, but at the end of the week, the low is eight degrees. So it's going to be awful. I didn't bring, like, I mean, I'm from Arizona. I didn't bring cold weather things. I have my sweater and some leggings and some socks and that's, so it'll be interesting. Um, Okay. So my name's Taylor. I will be 30 years old in January. Um, and I have a two-year-old son. Um, I feel like just like Jess, I have been on the diet merry-go-round of death for my entire life. I've done keto. I've done the shakes. I've done no carbs after two. That was, that was something a trainer in my past told me to do. Um, and nothing, just nothing stuck. It was like, I was really good at going to the extreme cardio was my fave. I, I didn't even look at the rest of the gym. I, that was stressed me out. 
Um, so I would go to cardio and I would not eat carbs after two and I would get good results, but then it wasn't sustainable. So I would fall off and it would just be a weight gain, weight loss, roller coaster over and over again. Um, I found Sarah right around, I was actually already taking nutrition coaching courses. Um, I, so that's something that I'm really passionate about. I wanted to help people. I love inspiring people. So nutrition coaching, nutrition coaching is something that I've always really been interested in. And then I found Sarah, I was about eight months postpartum and things weren't really working the way they used to before I had a baby. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't like myself one, like postpartum emotions. I wasn't happy with where I was. And I knew that in order to be a good coach, I needed to have a coach and I wanted to learn. So found Sarah, started working with her. It's been, I guess, a year and a half now. Um, and it's been more about a journey of finding myself, a journey of falling in love with myself again and finding something that's going to be a lifestyle and not something that I'm going to fall off of. And um, yeah, that's it. All right. Well, I know you just said that you were glad. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I know you just said you were glad that you were uh, or that you were bummed you weren't in Arizona. I'd, I'd have you know that it's been like fucking 30 degrees here in the morning. <laughs> Currently, I think it's, okay, like so it's cold. It's cold everywhere. But yeah, it's bullshit. A low it's of eight bullshit. degrees and a high of 11 sounds awful. That's uh, not yeah, a wiggle room here. That's actually my worst nightmare. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll take the floor. I'll try to do an abridged version of my story. If you'd like to hear any in-depth version of my story, it's been at the beginning of about every podcast I've ever been on. So if anybody is a return listener, you've probably heard my story and know it quite well. Um, I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. I'm originally from New Jersey. Made a couple st stops along the way, but my husband and I live here with dogs. The only part of the Fit With Me trifecta here with no children. Um, happily and by choice, I'll have you know. Um, I struggled for years, like everybody else, and probably like everybody listening as well, with my weight and my body image. And I think I started dieting, not as young as Jess, but I think I started dieting maybe in my early teens. Um, I remember in middle school, like my friends doing Atkins or doing like mm -hmm. the, we just eat this one thing diet. And so I was like, yeah. And I, and I, I wasn't like, I felt like I was bigger than my friends, but it's one of those things that like, you go back and you look at pictures and you're like, well, that was all in your head. Um, but it started that, that, that cycle for me of being really hard on myself. Um, and I, it was kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point, being on that cycle and viewing myself that way turned me into being that way. Um, I got, finally got to the point that I just said, fuck it. I just don't care anymore because I was just, just not having any sort of sustainable success. You know, I lose 30 pounds. I put it back on. I just keep going back and forth and it sucked having to have, you know, five different sizes of pants in my closet at all times. So I gave up for a little while. I got to my heaviest, most unhealthy state. I went to the doctor's office and you know how they make you step on the scale, which by the way, I won't even do that now, but I didn't know at the time that you could say, Hey doc, I'm not getting on the scale. I know. Oh, um, dang. I didn't know that. Oh no. Well, especially if you know what you weigh, like, I mean, I, I was like, doc, I got on the scale with no underwear or and no clothes, no shoes. And I definitely didn't have this hair tie in my hair either. So I'm not getting <laughs> on your scale with even a hair tie. I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I know what I weigh. I'll tell it to you. You can write it in your chart. So I get on the scale at the doctor's office. I saw a number that scared the shit out of me. I was with my mom at the time. And I remember saying to her, I wish I could just get a fucking lap band. And so it started my research into bariatric surgery. 
Now, one of my greatest blessings and also one of my greatest, greatest curses, I'm not fearful of change and I get a little trigger happy. I'm a little impulsive. So after research and after finding out that my insurance was a-okay with covering bariatric surgery, which got my surgeon super excited. He was like, let's get you on the books. I saw him in June. I had surgery in August, just like that, which really I should have, uh, I now know that there's a big business aspect with bariatrics, but at the time I didn't, at the time I was told by my surgeon, you are going to, this is the last thing you're ever going to try. It's going to be a miracle thing. It's going to get you where you want to go. It's going to keep you there. It's going to fix your PCOS. It's going to fix all of your, all of your internal health issues. This is the miracle. So I said, fuck yeah, I want the miracle. So I went under the knife, did the miracle thing. Wasn't a miracle, unfortunately. Um, I did have that honeymoon stage that most have during that first, probably like nine to 12 months where you just couldn't keep the weight on. And it was so funny. You get on the scale three times a day and it'd be lower every time. Um, and then I found myself eating 800 calories. I was exercising for two hours a day, strength and cardio, um, six days a week. And I was looking worse. And funny enough, I was a fan of a podcast um, that I've been on several times that Amanda Valentine hosts. And my coach that I hired um, was on her podcast and I loved hearing what he had to say. I knew I needed somebody that was specialized in, in kind of metabolic issues because I knew there was stuff going on with me. And I hired him and I said, thought about it for a while because it was a shit ton of money. And then I hired him and I said, this is the last thing I'm going to try. And so, uh, but I said, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do everything that you say to the best of my ability. I'm going to get every piece of lab work that you ask for. I'm going to do all of the things. I'm going to buy all the supplements. I'm going to eat prepped food out of my car. If I have to, I don't give a shit. And so I did, and it changed my whole fucking life. Um, and as a result, it, it made me really hungry to learn more because that was the missing piece for me was the education and understanding my body. And then I just wanted to like, tell anybody that would listen. So anybody that wanted to hear what I had to say, I was, I was, you know, helping any way that I could. Then it turned into, maybe I should charge these people. And then it turned into, Oh, I can't do this. And my corporate job. And then it turned into, well, I need help. Jess, do you want to come on the team? <laughs> and then it turned into Taylor. I'm really disorganized. Can you help me with this? <laughs> and, and now we're all drinking into, the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And now we're all just here, uh, you know, finding ourselves here years later um, as all personal success stories. And, uh, and I'm so proud to have you both on the team as well. Um, and it's really cool to, uh, to see what it's turned out to be. And I'm excited for what's to come. And I said I was going to make that story short, but I just talked for like five fucking minutes. So sounded short and sweet to me. <laughs> I mean, it's over. It's, it's thirty-five years. It's my whole life. <laughs> In five minutes, it was great. <laughs> okay, like good. To, I'm glad I caught the bullet points here. <laughs> I'd like to amend my previous um, weather update. It is now snowing. Oh no! Oh well, that means you're gonna have a white Christmas though, right? Possibly. I'm just hoping it means I don't have to go into the office tomorrow. That's that's my big hope. I'm rooting for you. Those those girls are going to be too icy for sure. Yes. I probably shouldn't have brought up the date since we're going to be happy new year, everybody, but we're happy recording. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're all essentially freezing no matter where we are. I think the only people who are warm right now are in Florida. Um, I was talking to Renee and Bill this morning, AKA mom and dad, who you guys will all meet on an episode and not by you guys, Jess and Taylor, are you guys listeners. Um, and they, uh, they were saying, my mom said that my dad was checking in because it was like 65 degrees this morning, but a high of 80. And he was just making sure that she wasn't too cold. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? 30 degrees space heater in my office that is currently turned off because it fucks up the audio on this. So here we are. 
<laughs> All right, let's talk about health stuff. Um, I sorry, so I put together just like a couple of questions for us to continue roundtabling since we are just getting comfy in this format here. And I wanted to kick it off with what is the dumbest and or your dealer's choice here, extreme diet or exercise that you have ever done? Mm-hmm. Taylor, you want to start? I don't see. I tried to think of this answer and I don't know what it is. The, I don't know. I know that, like I said, I used to always just do cardio. Like that would be the thing I was told that like, I'm going to be really skinny if I just run my life away. So, I mean, I learned how to run and that's what I did. And I ate two shakes a day for meals and barely ate anything. And yeah, weight came off, but I like food, but I don't know. Friday came around. And then Friday came around and like, I mean, I worked at a <laughs> Italian restaurant at that time. So like, um, I like yeah. <laughs> trying to lose weight and working at an Italian restaurant. Like you can't eat the food <laughs> or you have to yeah. like severely modify everything. Like, can you just give me like the driest piece of chicken you have back there, please? Like, I have to tell you that that is like food in New Jersey, like Italian food specifically is one of Italian food. And bagels are the things I miss from New Jersey. Maybe this is why it's been so much easier to maintain my physique in Arizona, but really good Italian food in New Jersey. You can get like really good seafood and like just mm, things that are, that are healthy. Not just like, not the shitty Arizona Italian food you grew up with. Thanks. <laughs> you, you got it. it One day I'll take- good. I mean, I really love Fazoli's, so it's not telling much about me. You know, Fazoli's is just a drive-through Italian. I have never even been there, but I think that my Guinea husband would probably judge me if I did that. Although I don't know. I don't know. Mark's not a stranger to fast food or chains. <laughs> what was the one he was excited about that's coming in? Some sandwich place. Oh, it was like a, was it like a Philly cheesesteak? Yes. Was yes. It? Yeah. I can't remember what it is. He was like, I mean, his hangover is Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. All the way. Boy. <laughs> Mine's Taco Bell. Is it? I've probably had Taco Bell like once and once, maybe twice in my life. And I was not, I didn't get sick from it, but I wasn't like, oh, let me go back to that. Oh, yeah. I not- craved wow. it while I was pregnant and I fed it to the dogs because it was that bad. Stop. I couldn't even eat it. I could not even <laughs> eat it. I gave it to the dog. And I don't know if it's because I was pregnant or what. Like, so the one thing too, that people sometimes talk about after weight loss surgery, your tastes kind of change or whatever. And so like my memory of food is not how things taste to me now. Yes. So I think that I want something and I think it's going to be like so delicious Then I taste it. And then like, I can like taste all the preservatives in it. And I can just, I'm just like, oh no, this is not what my brain remembers at all. Dang. Well, even like after I had surgery and like in and pretty far into my health journey, I relied on tons of supplements, like all of the like fake food shit, which by the way, it makes a difference if you eat real food on many levels. Um, but now if I have a, pro- you, I've texted you guys when I've been like opened up the break glass in case of emergency protein bar in my car, if I'm sitting in traffic and starving and I am like, this is so fucking disgusting. I can't believe I'm wasting calories on this right now. What a way. But it's funny how your taste bud change, especially as you start eating like real food. Um, You don't find yourself like as craving. And I think we can, if we're going to get a little sciencey on this episode, um, loop that that back to our gut health, which everybody kind of like wants to ignore. It is starting to be a hot topic, but it's a very valid topic to be a hot topic. 
And in this situation, we can talk about our vagus nerve, which is running from directly from our brain into our gut. So if we're not taking care of that gut microbiome, um, then it's absolutely going to have an impact on our feelings around food as well. Yeah. Um, I, everybody who listening should know that I will go down science rabbit holes all the time, which is part of why I need these two here so they can reel me back in. Cause then I'll just start talking about all sorts mm -hmm. of shit. Nobody cares about. <laughs> we care. We care. We, care. Like <laughs> we, we aren't as geeky as you are. So <laughs> we can't contribute to your geeky conversation going on. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen some of the conversations you have with clients and you're getting there. <laughs> That's true. All right, Jess, what is the dumbest and or most extreme diet or exercise program that you have ever done? Yeah. So um, when my husband uh, and I moved over from Brooklyn to Seattle, there was this period of time where I was unemployed. I thought it would be like super easy for me to find a job and it ended up taking me months and months. So while I was unemployed, um, my aunt sponsored me to join this biggest loser style weight loss competition at the gym. She had been really successful with it. She lost like a hundred pounds and she was like, this was going to be awesome. I have this great bodybuilder who's my trainer and he he'll he'll teach you to do all the things or whatever so I was spending four or five hours a day in the gym doing some strength training but mostly on cardio machines eating what Sarah refers to as a very bro diet we're talking like broccoli rice chicken no seasonings no no flavor no nothing just the the very like basic of of meal plans and um my body said no my body just immediately just was like no and I didn't lose any big weight and I I was I had the time I was investing it I was at the gym I was doing the things um and my body just absolutely just said no. And it was the most frustrating thing to me because I had seen other people that were on the same team or whatever, then having great success and the, the weight was just falling off of them. And me, I just was staying the same. So I was doing like the most and getting the least out of it. And it was so frustrating. And it just, it, it sent me into like, well, it, it got me to weight loss surgery a year later is what it did. It just really like kicked off that like cycle of, I was just like, well, Okay, fuck it, fuck it. Then if if this is, if I can do the most and it's not going to do it, then why am I even trying? So yeah. let's go to Mexican food. Well, and food I think that I think we see that a <laughs> lot. Let me just go have Mexican. <laughs> Let me just go have a giant margarita and some enchiladas then, okay? Because this ain't it. So I think that that's something that we see a lot. Um, you know, just amongst clients and people that are on this diet merry-go-round is that we find that we are our our efforts don't align with our results and that's a really frustrating place to be. And I can say as both of your coach and from being coached that the three of us happen to have really tough bodies, like really tough complicated bodies um that most people don't have. But a lot of people will say, oh, well, my body is tough. Well, I just don't get to have this. Where instead you really have to take that mindset of like, my body's tough, but I'm gonna figure this bitch out. Like, and, and both of you have gotten to a place where, and, and with myself as well, where we're like really starting to learn how to hack our bodies so that we can have this sustainable um, success and also have our progress and our efforts align. And I think Taylor, you've really hit a sweet spot in the past couple of months of those pieces falling into place for you. And then- you know, that motivation we're always looking for, it does come, but it comes kind of ass backwards when it comes to that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I guess I can, I mean, I think the most extreme thing I've ever done is like, you know, removing a portion of an organ in my body. Um, I don't know if I would say it's the dumbest thing. Like I would love to say, and I, and I'm like, I'm somewhat confident that if I had the knowledge of my internal health and the education of my coach, Jason, and the support and the accountability and all of those things, I would love to say, and a good portion of me believes that I wouldn't have had to go through the weight loss surgery route. Um, I think that a lot of us are sold the glamour and the glitz and the fast aspect of weight loss surgery, where we're not told about the side effects, um, which is another thing that's like a perfect example of like, you know, medications and birth control and all that stuff. We always are so focused on the good and we're not always weighing both. I'm not saying that I don't think weight loss surgery has the place and it certainly had a place in my journey, but I would love to say, and I do, I, I just, you know, I, unless, unless I went back and did it over, I couldn't say it because it is a part of my story and a part of my journey. And maybe it was that hard stop that I needed to do something extreme to put the effort into seeking out the ultimate person that helped me. Um, so I, so I don't know if I can call it dumb, but it's certainly the most extreme thing I've ever done. Um, and workout wise, like fucking cardio, man. I, I, I don't know when that myth will just die already. Like what, what are we doing here? <laughs> I, like I said, I didn't even look at any other part. I was scared of the other half of the gym. It was very intimidating, but I went straight to my little treadmill and I ran and I went home and that was it. So do you think it's a lack of education focusing on cardio over strength training, or do you think that it is a level of comfortability? I think it's more of that. People think it's a fast, quick way to lose weight. I think that, I mean, with everything, even with weight loss or the weight loss surgery, it's like, well, people think, okay, well, this is it. And I'm just going, they're going to remove my stomach and we're going to be done. And I'll never have to diet or do anything again. And same thing with the cardio. Like, I'm just going to have to go do my 30 minutes. The weight will fall off. I'll be happy again. Yeah. So, so lack of education is what we're going to on, on that. Or well, then that's exactly me, why we're here. I was intimidated. Or what it. was that? As in me, I was, yeah, I think that's no idea what to do. I, those machines, how do you even know? Unless you look in my head, you looked dumb. If you were reading the instructions on the machine, trying to figure out what the machine did. Yeah. So like, and then the trainers well, that something. are walking around the gym too, are also intimidating because they're in a much different physique you know, mm -hmm. when my 320 pound ass, you know, rolling around the gym, I wasn't going up to, you know, the fittest person there saying, can you help me or whatever? I was embarrassed enough to even, you know, be there, yeah. let alone, you know, Absolutely. seeking out, you know, thinking I'm going to be judged for my current state and, you know, trying to seek out that education. Mm -hmm. Um, so just finding, finding, I don't know, finding Instagram and the, the weight loss community and all that was really helpful to be able to like, find a bunch of people that were like-minded and have been in the same place somebody who I knew would know what it feels like to be you know that bigger person doing those things um and and getting their perspective on you know how to approach those is is I don't know it's, it was valuable to me at the time yeah you know something I say on every every person that I talk to on a consult call which by the way are complimentary if everybody anybody ever wants to talk to me. You guys are free to book a call anytime as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing I genuinely say to everybody is that, you know, we're put in this position where we think we know what to do because we have so much information around us. But unfortunately, most of that information is bad information or maybe it's information that doesn't apply to us because everybody is so different. And so- we're given this impression of I am I I'm supposed to know what to do now. I'm beating myself because I I don't, I'm not doing it, but I actually don't know what to do. But all of these internet people are telling me what to do. When really, if you think about it, 
Um, oh, we might get Sarah's first analogy <laughs> coming out of our <laughs> podcast. Um, this whole health and fitness thing, there's nothing intuitive about it. These are learned skills. And if somebody has never taught you, or if you have never taken the time to educate yourself, not on Instagram, um, then you're not going to know how to do it. And so I think that we all are like, we all have this level of guilt of feeling like, well, I'm, I know what to do. I'm just not doing it. Um, when usually that's not the case. I mean, I mean I've coached at this point, probably thousand, over a thousand people successfully. Um, and not one person has come to me that actually knew what to do. They, people will all obviously have pieces of the puzzle, but bringing in one of my most successful clients, Elisa, shout out to you. I'm sure you're going to be listening. Um, she came to me and she said, I have all the pieces of the puzzle. I just don't know how to put these bitches together. She didn't say it like that. Um, <laughs> she and, didn't say and that's really, <laughs> it would have been cool if she did though. Um, but that, that's, a, that's a big part of the game is like taking those little bits of knowledge and figuring out how it applies to you and your journey and making it all fit together to create that lifestyle um, as well. I'm, I'm going to save the analogy, but you know, the golf analogy will come soon. I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was like this close. I was really <laughs> close to going there, but I, I, I could ramble on forever on this stuff. So you guys need to hard stop me on things. Um, all right, Jess, what's the one thing that changed the game for you? Oh, this is going to be corny, but you, 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 <laughs> uh you know having that conversation and being being open to coaching um I know you were just talking about you know weight loss surgery and if you would have still made that choice I know at the time that I chose to have weight loss surgery I wasn't coachable it took me to get through mm -hmm. I had to go through all of the things that I went through to get to that point um where I was I was accepting to listen I you know that I I felt like I'd really tried everything on my own and then it was like okay now I need to bring in a professional somebody who I can you know get solid advice and education from who's going to be able to to help me figure this out and that was that was really the turning point for me and it wasn't an instant turning point because like you said I I, I have a, I have a tough nut to crack and um things weren't you know working as easy as they may for some other people um because of the damage that i had done to myself over the years so all of the things that led me to get to you um uh, made it harder to do the work um not to and do you the interviewed work, but... me you interviewed me forever yes like forever months she would ask Maybe me like not that i mind six by the way i never mind answering questions but it was a lot a lot of conversation a lot of back and forth before Jess was like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And as yeah. much as I'm making a joke about that, I'm really glad that you did that. And I'm glad when people wait, because like you have to, if you, you're, if you are really intending to make changes in your life and to change your life, you have to be ready to actually take action on those changes. And you waited and you knew what you were signing up for. And like, you know, you had a good idea of what you were going into and that. And so you really were set up for success. You know, I've had people that I've talked to and then like six months later, they're like, like you. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm ready to focus on this thing. Um, and that's, and I think that's great. And even though there is no right time to do stuff, um, there's, there, there, I think that there's, I think there's checks and balances to that argument as well. 
for me it was the shutdown the shutdown really like changed yeah. things for me i was like okay i have the time i'm gonna be home all that time that i was gonna be spending commuting i can put that towards meal planning or getting home workouts in or doing other things that i now with this time that i've gained back um from not having to do my job in the normal fashion or whatever but it did it took me a solid we started talking in like december and i think i finally like bit the bullet in may so you know and it like you said signing up at the right time for you is very important if you try to jump the gun hoping to get results but you're not really ready to put in the work it's just gonna waste your time um you really need to be in a point where you're ready to to do the work to put put the the mental effort forward it's not just physical effort it's not just eating food it's you know coming to the table as a student ready to absorb all of that geeky stuff that she was just talking about and (laughs) reaching out to you know the the assistant coaches and all the support we you know we structure things a little different here than the normal one-on-one coaching situation you have a whole team of people behind you here um and we're really here because we want to help you know taylor and i have other revenue streams that we, we we do so this isn't like we don't do this because we have to. We do this because we want to, because we want to help people. We want to inspire people. We want to see change. We want people to not go through the struggles that we went through now that we've found this, you know, the magical fountain of youth, which is a dumbbell. <laughs> That's our first one. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Taylor, what's the one thing that changed the game for you? Jess, by the way, I wish I brought my, uh, the best boss in the world mug that you gave me into this call. <laughs> That would have been perfect timing. Another I have it. That just wasn't today. <laughs> Next time. Next time. <laughs> um, so this seems silly, but like <clears throat> realizing the thing that changed the game for me is like realizing that I'm not taking care of myself to lose weight or be skinny or be a certain size. I'm doing it to have mental clarity, to take care of myself inside out, to just be healthy all over. And it's more of like a, a mental thing. And I'm doing this to take care of me and be the best version of myself more than to be a size six or a five or a four or whatever, you know? And so I feel like that is the one thing that's changed for me is to think of it that way. We need that energy to keep up with Jameson. Right. Yeah. No kidding. It's funny. (laughs) Something that I always say is that if you focus on the inside, the outside has no choice but to align. Um, And I really do believe that. And I think that what changed the game for me is actually a perfect marriage of the two things that you guys just said, um, of hiring the right person to help me um, and leaning into that person and trusting that person, going all in as well. But also from changing my approach to, because I'll be really honest, the reason, every reason that I've ever attempted to lose weight has been because I want to look hot. I am as vain as they fucking come. I still am. I'll be honest. But a lot of us start there, right? And then we start and we're like, yeah, I'm just super surface level. It's just that. But if you walk into that, like, why do I want to weigh this number? Okay. Because it's going to look this way to me. Then I walk it out to, well, because it's going to feel this way. Now I'm going to be comfortable walking into any situations. Now I'm going to hold myself in a different way. And I'm actually going to share, and I just pulled it up real quickly, one of my favorite quotes of all time that you guys just made me think of. And I share it with a lot of clients. And it makes me sound like a meathead because it is from Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) But he is the king of bodybuilding. And it's a fantastic quote. And I'm going to share it. A well-built physique is a status symbol. It reflects you worked hard for it. No money can buy it. You cannot borrow it. You cannot inherit it. You cannot steal it. 
You cannot hold on to it without constant work. It shows discipline. It shows self-respect. It shows patience, work ethic, and passion. That is why I do what I do. And I resonate so much with that because it's not about the, you know, it's not about the surface. The surface is a reflection of all the internal work. Yeah. Oh, I just got all in my feels about Arnold Schwarzenegger. How weird. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I share that quote a lot, but I haven't read it out loud. I felt like my delivery was really good too. <laughs> um, all right. How are we doing on time? I feel like we got to keep track of time. Where are we at? Like we're 30 out. minutes in. Okay. All right. So we're doing, I think that we, we're, we're doing good here. Um, hopefully, hopefully people who started are still along for the ride here, but if not, we're having a really good time. Having a blast. Who answered the last one first? All right. We're going to start with you, Taylor. What's, uh, what is one thing that you are, or just what are in general, what are you still working on? Um, and has, that's, that's the biggest challenge for you currently, because I think we all need to be honest that, even though we've all been very successful, that this is truly a journey and we will always be working on things. So Taylor, take it away. So one of the things I feel like I'm always, well, I, I'm still working on is not being so hard on myself when I fall off or when I have a bad day or, and just like giving myself grace, not like beating myself up. Sometimes I still catch myself, you know, looking in the mirror and picking at every single thing that's wrong with me. And I mean, it, as much as it's been a journey about love and loving myself and being the best, best version of myself, it's, it's constantly going to be a journey. And so that's something that I still struggle with and, um, work on is just still loving my body through every change that it's made, um, over the years. Dude, the time part is the hardest part. I mean, I think it's the hardest part for all of us. You know, it's like, I'm acting like this person that I want to be, but I don't feel like her yet. And I don't look like her yet. And I'm not her yet. So, it's, you know, I think that that time thing is, is really the hardest part for most of us, which is why we do all the extreme dumb shit, because we don't want to take the time when there's really no getting around. Unfortunately, there's no way to cheat the time. But no matter what pill you take, shot you do, surgery you have, there's just there's nothing that you can do to to, to measure up with the time aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Jess? <laughs> so this is going to sound funny. Uh, but meal planning. <laughs> Everybody should know that that's actually what just specializes in helping others with. <laughs> uh, meal planning and, and meal prepping. Um, and now I, I will preface this by saying, like, I try to, as Sarah says, make my house the sanctuary. And I, I, and I, I and the things that I know that I can't control myself with. So like a bag of popcorn, I don't, I don't bring that into the house so that I know that I can't go nutso unless I specifically go out and retrieve that item. Um, I try not to keep things in the house that I'm, I'm not going to be able to keep controlling. And uh, mm -hmm. there are things that I always fall back on. There are meals that I have on repeat that I just, they, I know that they work. I know that they work within my, my macros. I know that they make me feel good. And so I tend to just keep those ingredients in my house but the planning part of it is always a struggle for me because I'm a very, what I call a moody eater. And, but what I find is that I still end up falling back into my routines of the things that I, that I eat. So even with me being a moody eater, it's still like, I have like a list of like, you know, 
five different dinners and like three or four different lunches. And they're the things that I just continue to like cycle through. Um, and so when I think about it in those terms, it's really not that complicated, but it sounds like you have like an impression of what you or like an expectation that you're putting on yourself because from my point of view. And so I think my, my, I've thought of this when both of you have been talking just now Mm -hmm. is taking the best friend approach. Like instead of like, we're also mean to ourselves and we're so critical of ourselves. So sometimes it being like, well, if the tables were turned and I was talking to my best friend, what would I say to her? And that's like, I, I had that thought come up with both of you guys answering this question. And it's almost like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. It almost sounds like you're like, because I am the creator of the fancy meals and the meal plan and all that stuff. I feel like I need to have all of this variety in my diet, even Mm -hmm. though I've found this thing that works really well for me. Mm -hmm. It is. And I, and I often have that conversation with clients about, you know, there is no extra credit in week five for you to create some fancy ass new menu. And I say, I I say that like in almost all of my macro calls with people Mm -hmm. and I say, there's no extra credit. You can, you can absolutely take all of the meals that we've worked together to build out the last month and use those. You can put them in a different order. You can swap out proteins or vegetables and give them a little bit of variety, but there's, there's no extra, nobody's looking at your diary and being like, oh, wow, they've created a whole new thing that we didn't even think of. Uh, well, you have to just, do what works for you. Like yeah. if those five meals that you have work for you, then that works. Especially because I mean, y'all know that I do not cook. If you make me chop an onion, <laughs> I will be not happy. That is cooking and I don't like it. Um, so I have to pick the things that like are easy and simple for me. And like, if I get too much variety, then I get stressed out and, or like, sometimes I'll overeat from it and it just, it doesn't work. So having those five meals ready to go is perfect. But I can't have chocolate in the house. I will devour it. Even if it's like hidden somewhere or up high in a shelf, I will absolutely find a step stool and get that. <laughs> I want the chocolate always. I'll find some reason. Like, well, I was really good today. So I'm going to have that piece. <laughs> um, I have totally been there. And I think that, and I, especially as we're, uh, you know, talking about a holiday stuff and everything is that. Um, you know, there are appropriate times for everything. And this loops into my answer to the question of what am I still working on? And it's something that I've made a lot of progress on that I didn't think was a real thing a couple of years ago, which is really creating that balance and that flexibility. But there's a couple aspects to that. So first of all, there's, there's a big difference between you guys taking your kiddos out to have some ice cream on a Sunday versus you blacked out in the pantry at 1am with like an empty sleeve of Oreos in your hand, right? There's, those are two very different things. There is a time and a place to have less nutritious things um, and, and, and to work that into your life. I think another thing that's really um, been magical for me and that I'm continuing, and this will probably be the rest of my life, um, is that when you know, we're all looking for that, that balance that everybody talks about. We see our, these fitspos on Instagram, they're eating pizza on Friday nights. And we're like, how can she eat fucking pizza on Friday and look like that? Um, well, I've gotten to a place where I can eat pizza on Friday and still look like this, but it's because I'm not trying to make changes anymore. And I think we expect for everything to click in at the same time, but the majority of my physical and my physical changes in my health optimization were in those first like four years of my journey. And I'm going on year seven now. So the past three years has really been me like figuring out those checks and balances as I've been in more, I've made progress, but I have been essentially like in a maintenance phase. And that's where I found balance because we forget that like 
our bodies by nature are always going to fight to maintain homeostasis. So when we're trying to make changes, our bodies are physically going to fight, including our brains, which is why we have more of those battles. So I find that the food relationship healing stuff, you can do it on either end or you can do it in the middle. Like you can do it wherever you want, but it can't be during a time that you're trying to go through like, like a major fat loss transformation. Mm -hmm. It's just not, I just haven't seen it work that way because you you do have to be more dialed in and specific. Whereas when you're more in a maintenance phase, your body will, again, adapting to home to, to, to maintain homeostasis will live in more of a range. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to make note that you were saying years and not months and not weeks there years. years. And I think that's oh, the other years. piece that, that really gets into people's head is they, you know, they think, Oh, I've been doing this for 12 weeks. I should be seeing some massive changes. I should be fixed now. Um, and it's, that's just not, well, and that's, that's what Sarah reality. teaches us is that, you know, we're turning it into a lifestyle. Like it, we're forever going to be on this journey and eventually we'll be in a maintenance journey of it, but you know, we have to get there first. We'll play out this scenario. I'll, we're also fucking concerned about time. And I would be lying if I said that I was not, I am the most impatient. I started this podcast out by talking about how impulsive I am. <laughs> um, so believe me, I've, I, I like things to happen real quick over here. Um, but if we play out real life scenario, so real life scenario, we want to make quick changes. So we jump on, let's use, let's use January as an example. It's January, 2023 is my year. I'm going to lose a hundred pounds this year. All right, cool. I'm going to do this really extreme diet. I'm not going to eat carbs. And I'm you know, not even after 2 PM. I'm just not going to eat them. I'm just not going to eat them. And then I am going to go to Barry's boot camp, and I'm going to go to F45 on Wednesdays and I'm going to do the Peloton bullshit on Fridays and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Well, again, back to what our bodies actually do. So we come out of the gate here. We're super motivated as well. We apply this really big stimulus, right? We drop calories, we increase expenditure. We get a response. Oh my God, the diet's working. All right, well, now you've been doing it for 12 weeks. You're not feeling it as much, right? You're probably fucking tired because you're doing something that you know is not healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And now your results start to teeter. So, oh my God, the motivation that's already fleeting, you're like, well, but now it's not working anymore. Well, why isn't it working? Why has it stopped working? Because your body adapted. Well, now what are you going to do? You're going to starve even more and work out even, even more. Or like, what are you going to do that? You, you find yourself with nowhere to go. Your systems are crashing. You feel like shit. Your hunger hormones are all messed up. You're eyeing that bag of chocolate. That's on the highest shelf of your pantry. And that's when you quit. And so now, so now you quit and you start here <laughs> and now, and now you, you feel, you tell yourself you're a failure and you can't do this. And, and then you recharge those batteries and summer's coming. So now you're like, okay, well now I got to get this bikini bod. Let's do it. So now we're on the cycle. We're like, just going back to square one over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, and we do this for Jess. How long did you say that you were dieting for 25 years? Yeah. 25 years at least. <clears throat> okay. So 25 years you do this for where instead you do take a, a different approach and you say, you know what, I'm going to put five years into this. And I think five years is even something scary to say to somebody, but let's say I'm going to invest five years into this thing. Um, and we think five years, oh my God, that sounds so long. It's still less than 25 years. <laughs> you actually get where you want to go. And then you get to 
continue and focus on other shit in your life. Mm -hmm. So making that in five years out of like, what, let's, let's say we live 80, uh, just so your family lives forever. So you guess you've got like 195, <laughs> um, you know, but five years in the grand scheme of things is not that long, especially if you are again, focusing on learning a new skill. If you came to me to teach you how to play golf, I'm not going to go into the full golf analogy, but that's the <laughs> true thing. You wouldn't be able to play a round of golf within that first year. You'd suck for a long time. You probably wouldn't be able to do it without being embarrassed until you hit like your second year. And you probably wouldn't be a good golfer until your fifth year. And it's the same way when it comes to this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're coming up on three years, you and I. I took some, mm -hmm. I took a little When's deviation. Anniversary? I, 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 May. Oh, oh, I can't wait. We started talking in December of 2019. So this is are technically... you guys dating? It sounds like you guys are dating. Yeah. We're definitely dating. <laughs> Taylor, you're just figuring this out now. Apparently, <laughs> we started talking in December. <laughs> well, watch out because you're in thruple territory now. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, all right. So Jess. If I think that I was, so the, so the last two questions that I had mapped out here in my attempt to be organized mm -hmm. for this, which I think we're, we're doing an okay job, not too mm -hmm. tangenty, right? Yeah. Um, I kind of want to ask these last two questions, or maybe we'll have like our current clients after they support us and listen to this podcast, um, vote on like what they want to make. Cause you know how a lot of podcasts have like that same question at the end. And I'm, and I'm so torn because one is more fun than the other. And one is more useful than the other. So let's start with the useful one and then we'll end it on a fun note. How does that sound? Okay. All right. If you were to give one piece of advice to somebody that is starting their health journey or ready to, I think starting is probably not the right word. That's ready to actually reach their goals and do what it takes to have it. What would you, what would you uh, tell them? Don't be afraid to do less. Hmm. And I know that that sounds counterintuitive but I think that whenever we get into something um we start going ham we want to go all in we want to go hard just like you were talking about January 1st you want to go so hard but don't be afraid to do a little less start building things slowly and and integrate things a piece at a time and build it up so that it can be lifestyle level if you can't do something I mean there are situations and and Sarah, go through them with you if you are in one of those situations where you need to go through like a short-term protocol for like a gut health situation or whatever that's a different scenario but for the most part the things that we're trying to you know teach and implement to people are things that you could do forever so if you're sitting there thinking I could not do this for the rest of my life then maybe you need to step back and say is this the right situation that I need to be doing or should is there something that I could change about this to be you know to to make this more enjoyable is there a seasoning that I could add to this meal to make it taste a little better? Is there a, a, a modification to this strength training move that I can do to make this feel better for my, my body right now? Um, sometimes you have to be comfortable just doing a little bit less until you can, you know, get to that next level where you can add on the level. Well, I think you need to also like embrace, by the way, I think that you just took the cake from Arnold on, on quote of the pod, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Um, but I think that this also needs to be recognized that this journey is just like life is seasonal and cyclical. 
And, there, and like we talked about with, you know, less nutritious foods and balance, that there's a time and a place for everything. And that it's up to you to decide what serves you best in what, with whatever your goals are and whatever your life is looking like and whatever season that you're in right now and know that everything is really temporary. Um, and I think that that is, and sometimes having that like mental, like, I know this isn't going to be forever because we are so worried about the time. Um, it's helpful. Mm -hmm. Taylor, what's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that is ready to actually to, to do this once and for all? I think how's that? <laughs> <laughs> so mine was um, like, don't be afraid to get uncomfortable or to get out of your comfort zone and be uncomfortable. Like it's going to be hard. It's going to feel uncomfy because you're learning a new skill. You're learning how to do it. And when you learn a new skill, like just like the golf thing, like it takes time. It, it does. It takes time to learn what you're doing. So don't be afraid to be uncomfortable for a little bit until you get your groove, until you find what works for you, until until it starts to you start to see results from it. I love that. And I, I always say I'm going to get pieces of the golf analogy. You need to have the reasonable expectation <laughs> that you're going to swing that club a lot. It's, it's, it's so good. No, it's OK. I'll just give the I'll give the highlights of it. Um, you need to have that reasonable expectation that you're going to have to swing that club a lot of times. And sometimes you're going to swing it not so great for a while and then sometimes you're going to start being like oh okay i know how to golf and then sometimes you're going to miss the ball completely and you're going to be like i can't fucking golf then you're gonna be like no i know i just got to swing more and maybe i gotta keep my eye on the ball and square up my stance or whatever the whatever your golf instructor tells you to do and with time you, it, it becomes easier to swing the club and then you become a golfer and it's the same thing with this i think that was a really really good point taylor mm-hmm so my biggest piece of advice is to stop the insanity. And I think that we all know the definition of insanity. And if, and if you don't feel free to Google it, um, but breaking this cycle, um, you know, again, the time factor is so big, but I think that removing timelines and removing the, that emotion of desperation that we have um, is really crucial to breaking the cycle that we all claim that we want to get off of. But there's a big difference between saying that you want to do something and actually doing what it takes to have it. And in order to close that gap, you have to, you have to break the loop. You can't be living your life on a loop or you're going to live it like that forever. Mm -hmm. uh, so those, that that's, I, I think that was, those were good uh, three different angles there too. Um, I actually made another note, which is, uh, so maybe I have two pieces of advice, but fuck it. It's our podcast. We can give two pieces of advice. <laughs> Um, is to make sure that you are educated and that you are getting this education from credible sources, because that's a big issue. And something that I know when I started my journey is I was like really digging into the social aspect of it. And I was more of a stalker than a participator. Um, but I know that, um, you know, when I first started, it was a lot of people that were also in the same place as me. And we were kind of like, what's working for you? Oh, that's working for you. Let me try that. Okay. That's working for, that's not, you know, it was a lot of like checks and balances, which can really do, especially because health is a very serious thing. And I think that we take it so lightly. Um, it can really fuck you up quite frankly. And so alternative, alternatively now, you know, years later, there's lots of resources and there's lots of people saying that they are the source. And so I would be very careful with who you choose to, um, as, as, as your source and that it shouldn't just be your favorite Fitzbo or influencer or somebody that has the body that you want. It should be somebody that is educated, that has successfully done it themselves, that has successfully helped other people as well. Um, and I hope that in the next seven years of being a part of this um, industry that we'll see some of that 
some of that come out in the wash and, and because it, it, right now it's kind of scary, the state that our industry is in, in my mm -hmm. opinion. There's just a lot. All right. Of the final one. What was that? Well, there's just a lot of misinformation. I mean, I think somebody told me recently that some girl on Instagram told her to eat 200 grams of protein a day and she would be fine and she would start losing weight. And I was like, that's a lot of protein. Right. Like you have to be really <laughs> wary. Be, even be really wary of like, there are people that are qualified to give you advice in one place, like a doctor. But then when a doctor gives out nutrition advice, and most doctors only take 25 hours of nutrition education, we think, oh, he's a doctor. They, they, sh they should know what they're talking. I'm supposed to trust them. They're held to a higher standard. And then we take this nutrition and gosh, I've seen some of the nutrition advice that's been given out when that is an incredible source. So really dig into that um, aspect. I think that's really important. And, and, and this is serious stuff. Like you can really fuck yourself up if you do the wrong thing here. Well, and even in the world of doctors, you go to a specialist. I'm not going to go to a neurologist to ask about a heart problem, mm -hmm. you know? Very so true. very true. Very true. All right. Let's do the fun question. Jess, if one food could be calorie free for the rest of your life, what would it be? Cheese. Ooh, calorie-free and digestive. Yeah, 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 so that cheese. goes into mine because mine is Papa John's cheesy bread. If that could oh, be, that was so it didn't fuck me up. if it didn't fuck me up and it, um, you know, was calorie-free, it'd be great. That was so specific. <laughs> it was the first thing that popped in my head when I saw that. I was like, mm, Papa oh, John's. My, my answer to this question has always been mac and cheese, but I kind of cheese. think it was sweet. Cheese. <laughs> All right, then I guess I'll just leave it at that. Maybe I'll just stick what with was my the, What's the on second that. one? Well, um, Mark bought some chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream last week. And so mm. I've been kind of like jonesing about cookie dough. So I think it's, I think, I think this is just a fleeting thing. I think we should stick with the, you know, the, the, the cheese. Is good. Cheese is good. But yeah, I do love a good uh, tub of cookie dough. <laughs> <laughs> See, sweets, sweets mess me up. So I can't, I can't go too hard. I, I, I know that I have like a physical like barrier there already. So like, even if they were calorie free, they make me sick. So cheese, cheese all the way. I endure the pain. <laughs> we're <laughs> removing caloric value and we're removing any consequences. That's what I yeah. mean by you can mm. have any food with no consequences. What would it be? It would still <laughs> be cheese. It would still be well, cheese. Okay. So there we are. There we are. Cheesecake, um, charcuterie. I mean, mac and cheese, enchiladas. <laughs> I could. Oh wow! So anything that you could ever sprinkle cheese on is <laughs> that Papa John's cheesy bread sounding real good right about now. Yeah. Oh, so in case funny. any, if anybody's wondering if nutrition coaches like food, um, this is why we are nutrition coaches because we wanted we just talk about food all day long. And when we all linked up for the first time, um, we all met about a, I keep saying a month. Yeah, it was like a month ago, three weeks ago ish. Um, like we totally foodied out, and you know, we we do love food here and there. It is absolutely it is possible to have the best of both worlds and to enjoy food and enjoy your life and also uh, reach your goals. And I think that's important. I think that's a good place to wrap it up here. Yeah. Guys, this was, this was great. We only had one technical issue and we're good. Yeah. I, so I, so, so maybe we'll do it again. <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. Well, thank you everybody who made it this far um, for listening to our first official episode, bearing with us as we get comfortable and work through all the technical difficulties. 
Um, next episode, we're going to keep as a surprise because we're still on the fence of what we're going to do if we're feeling like we want to bring on some guests, which I think we will. Um, so we will be uploading that episode uh, shortly. And our motto here is always to do it right so you only have to do it once. And if you're looking for help from any of us for personalized and customized programming, feel free to reach out. Um, we're here to help you with whatever you need on or off the record. Check out our website, teamfitwithme.com. Fill out that contact page if you want to get our free resources or if you'd like to set up a complimentary call with me so we can get you rolling on towards your goals here. Um, all right, that's a wrap. <laughs>